Hello, amigos. I just wanted to stop in very quick before this amazing episode all about podcasting on YouTube and remind you that our regular weekly episodes have now been moved to bi-weekly. But don't worry, we also added a weekly bonus episode that we call PodBits. We record PodBits live every Wednesday on Twitter at PodSoundSchool. So if you want to catch us live, tune in every Wednesday at noon Mountain Standard Time. Also, we're now providing bi-weekly premium episodes exclusive to our patrons at our Overachievers Club. In addition to the bi-weekly premium episodes, for only $5 a month, you'll get access to behind-the-scenes and tutorial videos. So come check us out at podsoundschool.com slash support us. Okay, are you guys ready? I am. Hey there, delectable pod puppies. Welcome back to another episode of The Pod Sounds Cool. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you're a podcaster of any sort at any stage, you're home. You're home. You're home. You're home. You're home. You're Here we are insanely dedicated to help you lift off and go places with your podcast. Today's episode is a real doozy. Probably one of our best so far. I'm really excited to share this fun and informative interview Veronica and I did recently that covers the ins and outs of distributing your podcast on YouTube. We figured that rather than share all of the valuable information that we've learned about the platform, that we'd go straight to the source. I'm Nick. I teach people how to grow YouTube channels, make videos, and all types of other YouTube-related stuff. And I've been on YouTube since September of 2014. And when I was first starting, I had no idea really what I was getting into, just like everybody else. I developed through the process. You recognize the voice, right? If you've ever done a web search for how to grow a YouTube channel or any other YouTube creator query, then you know Nick Nimmons. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to work with somebody that knew what they were doing early on in my journey, which was fantastic. And during that process, it actually lit my fire, so to speak, on YouTube. And it showed me more of the things that are possible with YouTube. And it really started giving me a little bit of a peek um, into the possibilities that YouTube can have in terms of just reaching people, impacting people, um, generating income, you know, all of that good stuff. So YouTube is an amazing platform. And I am kind of carrying the flag, so to speak, trying to help content creators as much as possible because for me and for a lot of people that I know, YouTube has been a life-changing experience. And because of that, I try to share as much information as I possibly can uh, with people on how to, you know, do YouTube, how to interact with an audience, how to, you know, make videos and, and all of those sorts of things. Nick's first YouTube videos in 2014 actually weren't videos about YouTube tips. So basically my very first video was how to overcome camera shyness. And then I was doing little things like how to come up with video ideas. And I was also doing things that applied to my life at the time, which were, you know, like how to stay focused when you're working at a coffee shop, because I was doing graphic design work online. And because of that, it allowed me to be able to work anywhere. So sometimes I would take my laptop, I'd go to a coffee shop. And unfortunately, you know how it is. You have friends that you run into at the coffee shop and you're sitting there and you're deep <laughs> in thought. And then you have people come up and they start talking to you, things like that. So I'd make videos on how to solve those types of problems as well. And and it wasn't until I made one video on how to rank videos in search 
that people started actually demanding YouTube related content from me. And that particular video, I guess, resonated with some people and they were like, wow, this is fantastic. Could you, you know, could you teach us more about what it is that you're doing on YouTube and how you're getting your videos discovered? And, and then I just started kind of walking that path. And then now, you know, I'm like a YouTube guy. If you tuned into our previous episodes about the power of video in podcasting, then you know that both Veronica and I are big proponents of growing your podcast on YouTube. We've seen huge benefits ourselves from using YouTube with our podcast. While we had Nick on the line, we wanted to ask him about the benefits of having a YouTube channel. So the benefits for everybody um, when you have a YouTube channel, especially if you have some type of expertise or just some type of information um, that you want to share with people or even a message that you want to get out to people or a cause that you want to get behind or anything like that. It's the it's the second largest search engine on the planet, which is something you always hear people throw around. But when you really put that into context, Google is the first. YouTube is the, you know, I mean, it's part of the same group, right? And mm -hmm. when you make a video for YouTube, you're also creating opportunity for yourself to also show up in Google as well and also show up in Bing and all these other search engines as well. So in terms of the leverage that you can have with a YouTube video versus just making a blog post, mm -hmm. it's insane. So I can make a video right now during this conversation, I could record this as soon as this is over, I could put it up online, I could optimize it for search, I could throw it up onto my channel, and within 10 minutes or less, I would have a ranking in Google at least for the next few days. And depending on how that video performed, that video might actually stay there. And depending on how that video performed on YouTube, same exact thing, I could make that video now with the authority that I have on my channel, and I could be within the top five or 10 search results. And depending on how my video performs, I could just stay there to where I just get stuck in that particular spot. So the opportunity that you have to get in front of people that are actively looking for things is huge. And mm -hmm. where it compares to other types of content, like um, blogs, for example, is with YouTube, you have the visual side of it. If you're making content, um, and not every type of content type supports this, but if you're making content where you are a person, or in your case, you're a couple of people on, on camera, it gives people the opportunity to get to know the nuances of you and get to know your personality. And that's something that you can kind of get if you're reading blogs, but I mean, it, it, it happens instantly when you start watching somebody on YouTube, you start developing this idea that, you know, hey, I know this person, I know, hey, this thing's mm -hmm. happening with them. And, you know, because of all of this content that I've watched of theirs, I feel that I know them enough to actually predict how they might even be feeling right now. You know, mm -hmm. so so it, it, it's, it's just crazy the impact that it has. And, you know, like you guys experience with podcasting, you guys get that a little bit because you are their thoughts, right? Like you're actually yeah. in their brain. So like, you know, that's, that's a pretty <laughs> deep one um, as well. But um, on the video side, there's something called uh, parasocial interaction and parasocial interaction is kind of like the the idea behind like like in Hollywood, if you have like your favorite TV characters, we'll do it that way. If you have your favorite TV characters, after you watch enough of their content, you start to get familiar with their nuances, right? So if like a particular character walks in a room, you start to, you're like, hey, I know what this person's going to do. I know how they're going to disrupt this scene or, or calm it down or whatever it happens to be. And the same exact thing happens on YouTube. But the difference is when you are watching something that's happening in Hollywood, you're watching it from kind of like a fly on the wall point of view to where there's, you're not really interacting that much. But on YouTube, you're talking directly to the camera. 
right? So because of that, you're talking directly to the people that are watching your content. So that connection, Mm -hmm. that parasocial relationship that you get to create through your video content is insane. That connection is the real power of YouTube and being able to connect with people on a one-on-one basis. Because, you know, when people are watching YouTube videos, in most cases, they're sitting at home watching them. Maybe, you know, they're laying in bed or sitting on the sofa by themselves or they're waiting for a bus or, you know, they're in front of their computer, you know, watching some videos or whatever it happens to be. But it's a personal thing. It's not something that you typically do um, in a group environment. So as a content creator, it gives you that opportunity to create deeper connections with the people that are uh, watching your video content. Okay, so if you're like many of our podskis who we talk about YouTube with, you might be thinking, I'm not a video creator, I create audio content. And you most certainly have concerns of the time, the cost, the learning involved with having a solid channel, and whether all that work is worth the outcome. In my opinion, for people that have podcasts, I personally think that if a podcaster is not uploading to YouTube, that they are really missing out. And the reason that I think that way is because it's another place that you can distribute your content. All you have to do, you're already making the content. All you have to do, I mean, of course, this is going to be dependent on the type of podcast that you have. So if you're like a solo podcast, it's a thousand Mm -hmm. times easier than if you're doing interviews. Because if you're doing interviews, then you're at the mercy of the person that you're talking to, like their camera not being good and things like that. But at the very least, I personally believe that podcasters should set up a camera just like I have right here sitting on top of my monitor for when I'm talking to you that they should Mm -hmm. set up a camera just like you have right now and just hit the record button on that when they are recording their audio for the sake of uploading it to YouTube as video content as well and the reason that I think that they should do that is because as you know you can also get podcasts to show up in search and things like that but like when you are targeting a specific term or a specific industry and you're trying to get known in that industry, you want as many avenues as possible leading to you. And of course, Mm -hmm. you know, getting your podcast to rank is good, but if you can start getting attention for terms from YouTube as well, to where you also have videos coming up in those spots, and then you're Mm -hmm. also leveraging, you know, YouTube search to get attention to your podcast through the different topics people are looking for there. I mean, it's, it's it's a no brainer in my opinion, just based on, you know, my experience with YouTube. One common option that podcasters employ for their YouTube channel is the use of audiograms. This is where you take the audio of your entire episode and load it to YouTube with a waveform and a static image. I've done this myself for past podcasts, and I've been told it might actually hurt your channel. I would say that it's better than nothing, just because it is one other place that you can distribute your content, just like you distribute to Spotify, you distribute to you know all the different platforms. So it's just one more place that you can distribute your content. So in that case, it's a win. However, in terms of being able to use YouTube in order to really um, grab a hold of an audience there, I don't think that the audiograms is powerful. So one thing, there's a podcast to where, I mean, I'm sure you guys have already seen the Joe Rogan stuff and you see what he does. Um, that's a fantastic mm-hmm. way to do it. But there's another one called uh, Jocko. Have you seen his? The the Jocko? No. Yeah, it's like Jocko Wellington is his name. And it's awesome. He has just a really harsh light coming in. It's all black and white. He's got like a really harsh light coming in on him. And then his guest has a really harsh light coming in on, on him as well. So they got two cameras switching back and forth. 
and it is just awesome. Like it's just basic, super basic, but the way that it's done, it was done in a creative way to where mm-hmm. when you watch it, you're thinking to yourself like, wow, they did a, an amazing job um, just adding this this tiny additional element to it. And the way that they actually set theirs up with the black and white and the the high contrast with everything, technically in the, in his situation, he could even have like a messy desk and things like that and it wouldn't matter. So, you know, mm. it, it all comes down to, you know, how you would want to package it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that even if you're doing an audiogram, you should put it there, but I wouldn't expect big gains from it. I would expect mm-hmm. low views if any at all and those would probably only be coming from the people that um, just happen to, to already be into your podcast and because of that they're consuming your content on youtube when it's convenient to them or gets suggested to them there now did you guys know that nick also has a podcast at the time we interviewed him he was about 18 episodes in it's called comments over coffee and each episode is like having a morning coffee with nick while he responds to comments and shares youtube quick wins It's very well recorded, and the episodes are super digestible. I was intrigued to know what inspired Nick to get into podcasting. I love making content. I love, you know, like I said, I my, you know, I have a, a graphic design background from, you know, working with my brother, and I've been using Photoshop since I was in high school. So, like, I love, I've always loved dabbling with graphics. I've always loved dabbling with like video. Um, I love making videos, and it was just like a natural progression. Really, it was kind of like one of those things to where I'm like, okay, I wake up in the morning. I'm not doing graphic stuff anymore. So I wake up in the morning. I want to make some content. What can I make that's relatively easy to make, but it's also something that can add value to the people that I'm trying to reach. And that popped up as the solution. It's such a great, cool time of sharing and creating content. There's got to be a reason that so many YouTubers also have podcasts. Yes, Sonny has one. Roberto Blake has one. Tim Schmoyer has one. Daryl Eves has one. And and, and there's also like H3H3 and like those types of creators as well. But yeah, podcasting is, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon just because it's so easy. Like it's, it's, and I don't mean easy in terms of it's easy to do. I mean, easy in terms of it's easy to consume. So, you know, like, yes. for, like, for example, uh-huh. here, because I, I drive a, a motorbike around, right? Like, it's like a scooter. So don't, don't, it doesn't, I don't want it to sound like I'm driving a Ducati because I'm not, <laughs> right? It, it's like a, it's just like a scooter. It's like a little bit bigger than something like Pee Wee Herman would drive, right? But I'm driving the scooter around. And the cool thing about podcasts is, you know, when I'm on my scooter, I can't watch videos, obviously, but I can have my AirPods in and I can just be cruising mm-hmm. around with my helmet on, just, you know, just, just getting some, you know, learning right? Learning uh-huh. or laughing or, you know, just being entertained in some way. And I think that that's really where the value is with podcasts is because um, you can be doing, you know, a bunch of different things at the same time while still listening to a podcast. And you commit on a podcast, you commit on YouTube, you're just there and you click something you're like, eh, maybe not this, let me click on something else. But on a podcast, yeah. you commit, you're like, hey, I'm putting these in, I'm going for a drive or hey, I'm putting these in, I'm going for a walk, I'm putting this in, I'm going for, I'm going to go to, you know, work out or, you know, what I'm going to clean the place or whatever it happens to be. It's not something uh-huh. to where you're sitting there waiting you know, waiting for it to end so you can change it. It's something to where people yeah. are, they're dedicated to spending some time listening to whatever it is that you put out. Okay, so we're going to do it, right? Let's take that leap if we haven't yet, and let's get our podcast going with YouTube. Like anything else, just start one brick at a time. YouTube is a platform that takes time, patience, experimentation, learning, money, and consistency to build. But it is a very powerful place for discovery and audience growth. Before finishing up with Nick, I wanted to know a bit about his workflow and about how long it took him to grow his channel to where it is today. When I first started, like I said earlier, it's like I, you know, I came in, I didn't really know much about what was going on. 
Luckily, I had experience editing videos. Luckily, I had, because I was doing freelance work, I had a period of time to where I had to learn about search engine optimization because I had to help clients. When you're, when you're doing that type of work, basically, you would have clients hit you up and they'd be like, hey, we're looking for this. You know anybody that can do it or can you do it? So it's like, well, I can make some extra money here if I figure this out. So because of that, it leads you into a bunch of things that you didn't normally expect. And I had to learn and I actually got pretty good at SEO for, you know, ranking blog posts and things like that. So when I came to YouTube, I was fortunate enough through that experience that I was able to apply right out of the gate my knowledge of how to rank things for Google. And hmm. because of that, I was able to start getting a small amount of views, you know, right out of the gate. But I always set my personal goal when I first started at 100 views in the first hour. So what I would do is at that particular time when I was first starting, because I, I didn't know what else to do. So I would publish a video, I would hop on Facebook and I would go into all the different video marketing groups and I would post uh, videos there. I would hop on Google Plus because that was a thing at the time. Um, I would go into there and I would post into all the video marketing stuff there or whatever group it was that was a good fit for that piece of content that I put out at the time. And uh, my initial goal was how can I get 100 views in the first hour? And then after that, then I would mm. just kind of let it go on its own. It took me um, maybe three to four months to basically go from not earning more than like $20 in AdSense off of YouTube to earning like a full-time income off of the services that I was offering off of the store that I had off of my store where I had like graphics and all that stuff people could download. But it took me from, you know, 20 something bucks in AdSense to being able to go full-time on that, leave the design stuff behind and just go all in on YouTube. And in terms mm. of the actual growth um, of in subscriber count, as all of that was taking place, I was starting to, you know, slowly starting to get a lift. But the real thing for me happened when it's actually a combination of things. One of them is I went to Vid Summit in 2017. Uh, Vid Summit, it's like a mm -hmm. it's like a video marketing conference for YouTubers. And like this year, they had like Mr. Beast and Casey Neistat, Peter McKinnon, that kind of stuff. But basically, like I went there and just networking with other uh, YouTubers that were there at the time and just sitting in on the presentations and all of that. It gave me a lot of information that I needed in terms of just like audience and monetization and in terms of, you know, like sending people into like playlists and like that kind of stuff. But it, it just kind of put some of those conversations, put spotlights on things that I really needed to focus on. And I started focusing on those things and that plus consistently just being there from, for my viewers. Hey, I'm uploading, you know, mm -hmm. two, two to three videos a week, plus a live stream, you know, it, it just started, you know, ramping up. So I would say October, of 2017 was Vid Summit, so I started getting a little lift before that. I think I rolled into Vid Summit with uh, like 70,000 subscribers, and since then I've gained because you know you you gain a bunch and then you know a lot of people unsubscribe as well. Like I've lost over a hundred and something thousand subscribers over my time on YouTube, but since October 2017 I've gained over like 125 or 135,000 uh, new subscribers per year. When we recorded our interview with Nick, we had 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, which compared to his half a million seemed pretty small. But we've worked so hard for those thousand that we just had to tell Nick, and especially because his advice, among other things, is what helped us to get there. That's yeah, a huge milestone. It, so congratulations on approaching it, that. That's a really big milestone. You know, when people look at YouTube numbers, it's like people a lot of times will get focused on like, oh, well, PewDiePie's got like, you know, 100 million subscribers or whatever. But when you take a thousand people or even a hundred people, you know, people will be like, oh, I got a small YouTube channel. I've got 500 subscribers on it. 
It's like, yeah, but that's like 500 people. Like if you put you in a room and you had all those 500 <laughs> people just standing there staring at you, like waiting for you to say something, it would all <laughs> of a sudden be a lot of people, right? But because of, <laughs> because the numbers are so big on YouTube in terms of the amount of subscribers or views that other people are getting, people have this mm-hmm. comparison thing to where it's kind of like, oh, well, I've only got 500 subscribers, but it's like, you, you're killing it. You got 500 subscribers. That's a fantastic start. And when people have numbers like that, like you guys are getting ready to cross a thousand subscribers, that means that without question, you were able to connect with a thousand people, which means that you're also going to be able to connect over time with a hundred thousand people, with a million people. Mm-hmm. The only difference between now and those numbers is just the time that you have to fill in in the middle time. by consistently mm-hmm. putting out the content that people are responding to. You know, so it's like yeah. when people are looking at those numbers and they're like, oh, 500 subscribers or 1,000 subscribers, you know, embrace that and be proud. Um, and I'm not just saying for you guys, I'm saying for you guys and for anybody that's listening to this, like be proud of, mm-hmm. you know, the people that are um, into what it is that you're doing because those are indicators that you can turn YouTube into something long term, but you just have to make sure that you have a plan in place to really be able to capture that opportunity. So you might get the views and subscribers, but on the other side, you also have to make sure that you have a plan in place to, to capture the opportunity opportunity that happens as everything grows. Having a plan in place? Turning your podcast or YouTube channel into something long-term? This is such an insanely cool time for creators to be living in. The funny thing about making content, podcasts or, or video content, even blogs in some cases, is you never know who it is that's listening to your stuff. You never know who it is that's watching your videos, who's listening to your podcast. You could be one episode away from just a massive humongous opportunity opening up uh, for you in terms of being able to do stuff full time. Some people, depending on the type of content they make, typically marketers in this situation, but depending on the type of content they make, some people can make, you know, six figures with 10,000 subscribers, you know? So, I mean, it Mm. it just all depends on, you know, your approach and and the plan that you have to actually, you know, monetize everything and what it is and how hard you, you know, want to (laughs) hustle. But, uh, but, you know, (laughs) but, but, but at the end of the day, you know, the opportunity that's available through making content just in general, not just YouTube, but just making content to where, you know, you can sit in your home or your office and you can basically just pump out value for other people to to learn from or to be entertained by or to be inspired by or motivated by you can just pump that content out and there's going to be people all over the world that are over time that are just going to start consuming that and then you're going to start connecting with those people that are digging what it is that you're doing and then they're going to start telling Mm -hmm. their friends about it and then it just creates this momentum and if, if you're like if you can embrace it and this is where this is where people have a really difficult time because if you have the ability to go all in because you monetized early, it makes the rest of it a lot easier. But for the people that have jobs and they have to like, you know, they have to go and they work like a nine to five and then they have like, you know, well, heck, I got to grab dinner um, after work. And then I also have to do the commute and all that stuff. By the time they get home, um, then it's just you're, you're exhausted. Right. So then, you know, mm-hmm. trying to fully capitalize on that momentum that you're building is a lot more difficult than the people that are like, hey, I'm going to like this is just starting to work out. I'm just starting to get some momentum. I need to sit down and I need to actually map this out so that I can fully take advantage of this opportunity as it starts to grow because every piece of content that that you put out there could be working for you in some capacity because there are mm-hmm. people listening to it. So if you're putting out a podcast or a YouTube video or even a blog post, every piece of content that you put out, in my personal opinion, even your very first one, at the very least, you need to be collecting an email and sending out newsletters or so that you can market later or you need to um, have something in place. You have one item 
that you're just always letting people know about that they can get through your affiliate link or, or whatever it happens to be, but something to where you can monetize it. Because if podcasting or making videos or making written content, whatever it happens to be, if you're really into that enough that you want to do it as a hobby, then that's something to where it's like, wow, if this hobby can turn into something, all you have to do is have a plan in place in order to monetize it, and you can turn it into something over time, right? It's just unfortunate mm -hmm. that you have to go through the suck part of getting everything started, and people don't know who you are yet, and all that stuff, so you have to pay all of those dues. But, you know, having uh -huh. that plan in place so that when things do, you know, when that ball does start rolling, having that plan in place can, can really make or break the opportunity that you have. Veronica had one final question for Nick. She wanted to know that in the world of so many podcasters and countless YouTubers, what is it that will make your content cut through the noise? In my personal opinion, it's to care. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's to really care about the people that are listening to your stuff. I mean, if you're doing like, you know, true crime podcasts, it's going to be a little bit different outside of the fact that you want to care that you're giving them the best possible experience you can. But but mm -hmm. care, care about what it is that you're doing. If you care about what it is that you're doing, people are going to pick that up, especially if you're in a situation where you are offering services of some kind, you're offering courses of some kind, any type of mentorship, anything like that. Then in that particular case, then give all the stuff that, that you think, hey, I should put behind a paywall, give it. Just give it away. Give it away, give it away. Also have your stuff behind your paywall, but just give it away. Um, and just let people know that, hey, you know, like I'm I'm doing this and I'm doing this so that I can make a good experience for you. And since I'm making a good experience for you, the likelihood of you letting somebody else know, hey, this, this person's like really giving tons of value here, you should go check them out, is going to be greatly amplified if you just give all that you possibly can to the people that are, that are consuming your content. As you can imagine, there was so much we wanted to chat with Nick about. And he was so generous and fun, and he was a really great guy to meet. There is so much to learn from and about Nick. Like, did you know he lives in Thailand, for example? Here's where you can find out more. You can go to nickscontent.com. I mean, that will send you to just like a short little link list. And that link list will have like links to my podcast. It'll have links to my um, YouTube channel as well. So basically, uh, and Twitter. So the main things that I'm active on, it has links to those. Mm. But it's nickscontent.com. N-I-C-K-S content.com. Wow. That was some good information, right, Potskis? Remember to share this episode with your podcaster friends or anybody you know that is thinking about starting a podcast. Also, show us some love. Subscribe, follow, rate, leave a review, buy us coffee, send us flowers, be our valentine. You get it. And if you're ready to start your YouTube channel, we just uploaded a quick tutorial for beginners or Potskis with small YouTube channels. And you guessed it. You can access this tutorial video and two premium episodes a month by becoming a Patreon. And also, we will not be recording our usual pod bits this Wednesday because we're cool and we'll be attending Podcast Movement Evolutions in LA, accompanied by our two-year-old. Oh boy. If you will also be attending, we'll see you there. And if not, we'll fill you in on the latest. Happy casting, amigos!